Hello and welcome to my conversation with Priya. I'm your host Priya Mishra and today is a very close friend Nicholas Austin is a telecommunication delivery strategies who comes in this business 15 years ago at the age of 27 he started his many businesses and he continues being in the business throughout his life as a tactician of for our fusion a uk based firm he has played a significant role in facilitating innovation and implementation several energy saving options and also leading many energy programs is a big fan of actually saving this planet earth with the renewable energy and he says it is the future and we all agree using these kind of energy we can save the green emission the co2 emission there are many many options which we have been exploring how renewable energy can change the human life and the longevity of this planet he has spread many energy saving strategy which starts of the art equipment and technology and that have been thoroughly tested and verified in the global market as a human being as I know, he is a very kind-hearted man. He has been helping a lot of NGOs and he said, we don't need to spread the word. We just need to do our good things. So help me to welcome. This is a very amazing human being, very cheeky and funny. I am sure this is going to be a very interesting communication. So help me to welcome Nicholas Austin. Hello, Austin. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for accepting my request and uh, being with me in this conversation. How are you? I'm doing well. It's just that every single day uh, you plan, you do your notes, you know what you're going to go through, and then the phone rings. Um, it, you know, it's 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 ever changing, uh, but doing great, loving life, very very much enjoying. Great. Um, so this show is welcome uh, to this conversation with Priya. So it is going to be very conversational and I'm going to bring back your many, many memories. And uh -oh. through your memories, I want to walk through my audience to understand how was your journey and how you end up in this high tech business? Well, the f I didn't start there. I started in, in, uh, in law enforcement, but but let's go back to even to that. I went to boarding school and I think, you know, I started my first business in boarding school in a sense. Um, in, in Britain, um, we used to have what at the end of the day we'd have a, a what they call a tuck shop, which uh, sells confectionery and all that good stuff. And that used to be open for a half an hour, yeah. which wasn't long enough for everybody. So I opened up the illicit tuck shop. Uh, and sold sold everything. I was higher priced, mm -hmm. um, and, and of course the great thing was I had to have inventory, and I got a deal with the local wholesaler that would deliver product to me, but nobody knew where that product was delivered to. It was only me. It was very well hidden. Uh, and the coolest thing while well, I was crafty, uh, and the the coolest thing was when I left boarding school, I sold the business, which is wow. that was the, wow. so, I know. Um, and, and but, but law enforcement is where I started public service, and, and that taught me uh, tremendously about life uh, and rules and regulations. Um, unfortunately, I got injured, um, and I went into basic private practice, um, and went into several businesses. One very well, all have been successful. We've all had failures, but as you know, people never want to talk about their failures. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the biggest claim to fame. Uh, if you like, in my days, was uh, a guy called Gary Blake and I invented bomb blast window film, which went on the inside of glass 
And in the event of an explosion, the glass stayed put and didn't shatter or shards come through and kill and maim people. Um, and, and that was a great step, which allowed me to then get into computers way back in 1976, 1977, wow. where there was no such thing as a laptop. There was no such thing really as a desktop. Mm -hmm. And we were the first. Uh, we invented a machine called uh, an Oreo 2000, which did exceedingly well. And it made me enjoy what I was doing, but I still kept my hand in with counterterrorism, which is what I was doing in law enforcement. And I've maintained technology and my life, if you like, understanding counterterrorism and the problems of the world. Yeah. And both those situations have allowed me to mingle those together because today we can't be secure unless we're using technology. Yeah. That's how we got going. Right. So in your technology, I mean, look at today, like we, we are saved, you know, in this whole pandemic situation. And because of technology, we feel like we are still connected. Look at us. Who would have imagined that we are doing this common conversation almost every day, you know, mm -hmm. on a different aspect, but we're almost every day we are doing a conversation on a different topic and understanding how the global village, you know, the Gandhi's concept, global village concept, we are literally yep. living it just because thanks to this technology era, like we are living in, right? So it's not impacting many people's lives. Well, well, the, the great thing is that um, if you look at some of the folks, uh, they always say, oh, I can't work this new phone. I'll get my grandson or my granddaughter to work it. Really, it is simple. It, you, you just got to read the book. The yeah. trouble with all men is that we always start on page 43. OK, we don't read the first part. Um, but, but with technology, I mean, we were using satellite. Uh, communications for conversation with clients, um, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Right. Um, we, we were using stuff, but it, it was expensive. Uh, and, and in many cases, because I was dealing in government uh, or with governments, we had to have secure lines. Hmm. Um, the, the great thing was with Zoom and, and, and look what, in a sense, look what COVID yeah. has brought to us. Yeah. I mean, there, there's that, that's a benefit. Uh, yeah. that we've started to do and people now working from home if five years ago somebody had said to you what a great idea if we could work from home you go no mm. oh no i can't trust my people to work from home yes well we were forced into it and there's so much more technology come out because of covid even in our companies both ian and i wouldn't have done certain things if we'd not been stuck in these four gray walls, mm. him in London, me here and Derek and all the rest of the team that we get together. Mm. Um, but if we hadn't had COVID, we wouldn't be doing and succeeding in what we do. Amazing. And this has been changed the whole perspective. I, really, I remember when I was trying to get some appointment and they were always asking me to come and visit for my business. They were always asking oh can you come and visit i don't know it's not easy to talk on you know it's not the same so and now i'm running whole entire business even my consulting services based on this technology so it's been a tremendous journey for all of us the acceptance is there i have been doing this whole conferencing thing for many many i mean nearly 20 years i have used it but now others are also embracing which is actually making more life easier me and you has had has that expectations and we are very happy about it that we used it 
having said that i know that you have been in high tech industry for many years and that high tech industry is like your facial recognition your you know you are in renewable energy how it is going to change overall people's life uh, and how this is going to helpful for the human race in itself well it's it's kind of well, kind of funny that you you say because my brain went we, i'm listening to you don't get me wrong but suddenly my brain went, went back to something about technology in 1976, I used to carry with me at all times an Olivetti portable typewriter. And I carried paper and carbon paper because I would write furiously back then. And of course, today, same thing. I can use my phone. I can use everything else. But for instance, you, you just brought up facial recognition. We have been doing facial recognition for 23 years. Right. Um, Dr. Sadi, who's very much involved with us, and we love him to death. He actually lives in Melbourne uh, now. He's Turkish. The man is ingenious, and with Ian and I, we come up with some great conversations of changing things. Now, facial recognition has got a dirty name because everybody thinks that you're recording everybody that's out there. No, we're not. The, when we talk facial recognition, it is utilized, and I'll give an example if I may. Yeah. 22 Bishopsgate is the 62-story building in London, one of our clients. Everything in that building is done with the face. Wow. When you arrive and walk in and you're an employee and yeah. you've got the speed gates, as you walk in, speed gate goes up, it recognizes you. Right. You walk to the elevator, it knows what floor you need. Hmm. And then you go for lunch, you pay with your face. Wow. The conference room, you go to the conference room five minutes ahead of time, doors locked, that five minutes it recognizes you, in you go. Now you've got your conference room. Yeah. And one other that we love is the parking lot. That is, if you drive in, and many people do and many people don't, mm. uh, it recognizes your car number plate with the camera and you, that's your face, and allows you to go in. Yeah. Now somebody steals your car or attempts to, the license plate works, the face doesn't. So you will not be able to drive out. Security is informed straight away. That's facial recognition, but we've, we, we call that access control, but it's using the face. It's a digital image that it's comparing with. Now in what we call criminality referencing, what we're doing there is the law enforcement got a photograph, a, a, a digital photograph of that person. Right. And if there is a match, and when we talk about a match, we set our trigger point at about um, 80%. That is, there is an 80% match. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that is the person. That is, there has been a match of 80%, and it now needs further investigation. Mm. Facial recognition has never, ever found anybody guilty or sent anybody to prison because it can't do that. It is only purely a tool by law enforcement. Right. Um, and one of the coolest things, that, uh, especially 22 Bishopsgate, was we've had several people, not many, who said, I don't want you to use in my face. I want to be able to go through the speed gate, and I want a card that I can touch and right. go through. And we say, fine, you can have that. But here's the difference. That card they could give to anybody. Hmm. So you don't know who's coming in. So what do we do? Yes, they touch. We're still looking at the face. Right. We still make sure it's them. So from a technology point of view, down to earth, feet on the ground, it's just a method of access control of no or knowing who's who. 
Uh, and we've come a long, long way, um, even in the last two or three years, uh, because we now can do any of this on any single camera at all. We can just add a small black box, any camera out there, we can turn into facial recognition, or we've got a program that goes on the phone as well. Wow. So I know. Sorry, you know, sorry to be so technical. <laughs> no, that's good. But it is. See, everything I believe has the good and devil part of it, right? And if it would have been not, there are a lot of ancient technology is still being used on a different purposes, right? So if people mm -hmm. find if somebody has that criminal mindset, they will find their ways anyway right but there mm -hmm. are good side and if it is giving you more good than devil then how you're gonna make your choices of life you know um and that's the that's the choices you have to make the risk you have to take then only we can evolve that's my personal perception you know yes but, yeah it, it, it's no sorry I, I, I if i may i want to go one stage further and blow everybody's mind as well because we're talking cameras um, we do a thing called cognitive observation. Right. Now, cognitive observation is what's in front of the camera. So if you can see it, we can sense it. That is, we can program to sense it. If it be somebody climbing over a fence, we know or around there that shouldn't be there, we are able to see night or day, whether it's a dog, a cat, a rat, or a person. Mm -hmm. We know that, and it's in real time. Right. On a highway, uh, we were asked by the Department of uh, Transportation in Iowa, can you recognize a car going the wrong way uh, on a freeway because a drunk driver gets on wrong and drives towards traffic, very dangerous? Of yeah. course we can, yeah. and we, we prove that point. But yeah. cognitive observation also has some major positives that, for instance, you're at the supermarket, and we've all stood in that line where there's only two places open and there's a line of 10 people. Well, the camera says, well, you only want to have, have five people waiting. So immediately it recognizes the line and then lets management know they need to open another cash register. Wow. That's simple stuff. That, that's just simple stuff. We, yeah. can, we can tell if somebody's smiling, if they're happy. Uh, no, no joke. I mean, there's so many things we can do. Now, yeah. is that far-fetched? No, we're doing it now. Yeah. And we've been doing that for, for several years. Hmm. Uh, and that's the good side. We can even count inventory. The, the supermarket shelf, as you know, uh, at eye level, um, the Kellogg's Cornflake uh, Packet hmm. Company, um, hmm. they want to see how many people are looking at their product. Well, we can tell how long a person looks at that product before they buy and then they, they've actually purchased. All that's done by camera where you can't expect a human being standing there going, wait a second, what did he do? Because we humans don't see everything. Right, right. And it's also not right. You know, you freak your customer out when you're observing that way. So, and it does help us in many ways in the marketing. And we have been using this. I mean, a lot of people are talking about this whole voice search, you know, and all. And Siri has been there for 12 years now, right? I mean, you are already late in the business. I was watching Elon Musk and see, you know, when before seatbelt came in the car, we had a lot of accident before that. And we took that seatbelt concept and the whole safety aspect of the, you know, car in car se se sector 
it took a while for them to actually think about all that procedure same in the cyber security area i mean we have been in cyber area for so many years now we are talking about all that cyber security area i mean we should think about a little bit proactiveness in that sense if you know if i may ag you agree on that no it's 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 like the hackers that are out there and all you know you you've got a system we designed uh, five or six years ago uh, a system called the honeypot. Mm -hmm. And basically, if a hacker comes in, all hackers are, have a methodology of going into a system and looking. Yeah. And what the, what the software does is it sees the person is doing that. And what they do, and this is the greatest thing, is you take them out of the main site and you put them into a dummy site, which okay. is the honeypot, and what you're doing now is you're observing where they're coming from, what they're doing, what their IP addresses are and everything else. So you're gleaning and garnering all of that information. Now, we were doing that five, well, five six, seven years ago. Nice. And one, one gentleman that we worked with, uh, Bass, uh, phenomenal guy, uh, logic thinking. Uh, and this is, again, down-to-earth people. We used to discuss things, mm. uh, and we wouldn't take a long time over it. And that's the difference with corporations today. Corporations are too big, and they don't look at it logically. Mm. They're always looking for the fault uh, and not going the solution. And the solution is always a logical move. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we love to do. But, yeah. but today in, in cybersecurity, the biggest problem with cybersecurity is all of us human beings we yeah. get that email and we you know we know we shouldn't open it oh let's take a peek yeah uh, and and the one thing that happened over here about three christmases ago mm. was target which is one of our big uh, stores here right. was hacked now yeah. target was hacked and people maybe not know how they hacked it they weren't even professional hackers right what happened was is the air conditioning company that had the contract for all of target across the country somebody stole a laptop and wow. in that laptop was the link to target with all the passwords in it and they were able to go inside uh somebody some bright kid said okay let's go look at this and they went in and went oh they went in once saw what was there and left took nothing the next time they went in they stole millions and millions of credit card and social security numbers. But the one thing that's never been reported was the other factor that was stolen. Right. They stole basically uh, gift cards and the numbers of gift cards uh, for millions and millions of dollars and made up their own gift cards that they then took back to Target and got goods and cash for. Wow. That was the biggest part of the deal. Um, I mean, those are the things that go on. And these these hackers are, uh, I mean, one kid, 14 years of age, lived in Northern Ireland, and he completely hacked the government security systems in America. Um, I mean, he went in and did lots of things. Uh, but you get the simple thing where a kid at school, and I know you've got a, a son that's interested in programming, beware. Um, this young man, one young man went in and for 50 bucks, he changed all the scores of the exams for his buddies. Right. He went in and, changed and gave them a better mark. And th that's as simple as it is. But cybersecurity is massive. And when we come down to ransomware, um, 
what you now have to do is all of your backups. You've got to have systems that never touch the internet. You may back everything up and then it's got to be disconnected and kept somewhere. Uh, and that's the simplest way to do it. I mean, I have terabytes uh, of information uh, and all of my uh, stuff and also our corporate stuff is backed up on a system that is not connected to the internet at all. So we've always got our files. Hmm. Thank goodness. Yeah, thank God. So, I mean, major, majors and precautions you have to take. Um, yes. You know, conversational industrial era is gone. So, you know that hierarchical things are not going to work. So, you have to be collaborative, you know, adoptive. Uh, welcome to those information which is coming new. And these young kids are so talented. Uh, they just need to be pushing through the right direction. They need a bright direction. And this, these young kids are going to do a really miraculous job in the future because they are our future. They are going to build this whole society. So I can't wait to see what next generation is going to bring because the, the value they are bringing in this society, the talent they have, it's, it, I mean, it flew, blew me away sometimes when I hear these kind of, a, you know, only thing is that we need to give them a right direction. And I believe that education system has to adopt to give them the right direction. If the students with the, you know, different kind of a brain, I think they should have given the different kind of opportunity if their talent is on the different level. You know, I'm not saying you should discriminate here and there, but if you will give one kind of a knowledge to all the crowd, all hundred students are not the same. And that's my belief, you know. Well, you, you, you look at, uh, okay, go back into to my days as a kid. I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do. Yeah. I had no earthly idea. My father was a photographer, a professional photographer, uh, and I loved photography, and I learned a heck of a lot from him. And those are the days of he had a, a development studio, you know, and, and did everything. And I saw some great uh, photographs that he created that he won many awards for, and also, he made a lot of money um, as, uh, commercially. Um, but I wasn't interested back then in going into photography. No. And as a kid growing up, uh, school-wise, um, I had no earthly idea at all right. until maybe about the, the age of 12, 13, right. when we started the business in the boarding school, that I realized that business was there. Um, and then the, the passion for public service I, I don't know what triggered that, but if we look at kids today with what's going on all over the world, um, especially the Western world, wow, the lessons that adults are teaching these kids are wrong hmm. because they're going, if they can do it, we can do it. Mm -hmm. But then again, we've got to tell these young folks that if we look at technology and that is the way of the future, um, they literally are one step away from their house garage. Mm. And you know, many businesses have been mm. set up and started in a garage. And if somebody's got a dream or an idea, go for it. Yeah. You know, if, if you need to go to dad and mom and say, mom, I've got this great idea, explain it to them and then say, but, but I've got no money. Uh, let's see how they can help because parents need to do that yeah. instead of worrying about where the kid is hmm. programming your, your son, hmm. um, whether he stays with it or not, we don't know, but, yeah. but everybody's pushing programming and this is going to be the next problem. Yeah. Yeah. Look, we're going to have too many programmers. <laughs> you know what I mean? That some of them are going to shine. Some of them are not just yeah. like uh, over in the United States here, 
we have too many lawyers. Well, mm. uh, for many different reasons, but the, the universities are pumping out too many. Yeah. In my day, everybody said, oh, you've got to be an accountant or mm. like we were talking earlier, uh, we want you to be a doctor uh, and mm. what have you. Mm. Th there are many other aspects of technology. And one of the other main aspects also is using technology in marketing. Mm. I mean, there are so many different facets now of um, I always say this today, it's easier to get to somebody. And there's one important thing. You have to give as many people as possible the opportunity to say no. If you yeah. don't ask them, you don't know. But yeah. you've got to get them to say no. And look at the problem we have today. And, you know, you've got clients. They may have the greatest story in the world or the greatest product in the world. They're too much on the engineering side. They don't understand the marketing side. Yeah. And there you come with another problem is they don't know and they forget to ask for the order. Yeah. Now, how many how many of those do you want? Uh, when can we, we can deliver in three weeks? Is that soon enough for you? You've got to have those closing deals to make people think. Um, and that to me is as important as the technology. But there are different ways now yeah. that we can utilize that technology. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I have noticed like with my customer, I always ask them whatever I'm going to I just create a warning scenario that, you know, it might not be for you, but I'm going to tell you anyway. You know, this is my observation in your industry. I go deep down, understand your industry. I become the part of your, you know, journey. And I always say I'm not a CMO or something. I'm more of a customer experience officer. You can consider me. Right. So when you create that mindset before you start the conversation, they know their expectations. Like you're setting your their expectation you know not overdoing it and it it becomes more natural flow of your work and it is less, less stressful and it is the journey goes longer together uh, you know you live the vision mm -hmm. together and, mm -hmm. and I, I think it is is you know don't walk behind me don't walk in front of me walk beside me and let's let's work together yeah uh, i think is very very important yes. um it's it, it's like a lot of people um from a business point of view here you know a lot of people believe that our fusion is is high security uh, technology software and all this good stuff but we we literally uh, have for, for 18 years been involved in solar mm. uh now let's be perfectly honest it's been in the background we've been doing very well but for 10 solid years, mm -hmm. uh, we were not allowed to market at all in the commercial world right. because we signed a contract with the U.S. military yeah. to produce solar for them. And when we say produce solar, we've done things with solar that nobody else has done. I mean, we're the only company with a wraparound panel uh, that yeah, can actually yeah. go around a, 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 a water tower or a silo or a grain bin or even the the wind turbine we can wrap around that there's no one else that can do it our panel compared with the chinese panels uh, which weigh 40 pounds and made of glass weigh only 13.5 pounds they're only three millimeters thick nobody else has got that uh, but but the the problem is that a lot of these companies have given their life and soul to the chinese to buy from the chinese uh, and they're buying something that, unfortunately, you try and get a warranty back from a Chinese company doesn't work. And a report out today, sales of solar in America is up 45%. Right. Yep. Demand is phenomenal. Now comes the problem. All the other companies out there are having difficulty getting panels. Hmm. 
mm-hmm. we produce in America. Yeah. And we've got no problem. We are an American-made panel. Right. Um, right. And, and it, it's just educating the people on what we can do and how we can do it. Mm. We can do anything around the world. I, I guess not. Yeah. Give me your problem. Tell me what your problem is, because we are technology and power at the point of need. And so if you want to know, don't think that you can't do it. Just ask. And if we can have that conversation, we'll tell you flat out if we can do it or not. And you, you and I have had that conversation on things. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the difference with us. Now, 25 years, 30 years ago, was I the same person that's sitting here right now? Absolutely not. Hmm. I mean, I thought I knew it all, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 I don't yeah, think Yeah. Yeah, because we all did. But the, the coolest thing is you learn in life your experiences and the people that surround you. Hmm. And bear in mind in life, the, the, the number five is very, very important because hmm. at any one time, You've only got five friends. Right. And those people change, hmm. okay, depending on life. But you've got five friends. If you're lucky, some of us, and I say some of us, we have friends. Yeah, we have acquaintances. Yeah. But, but, but the important thing is five solid people that you can turn to. Yeah. Uh, and and that's, that's in business too. Make sure you're not putting all your eggs in one basket and you've got five, at least good five companies that you're dealing with because if you put all your eggs in one basket, you're in trouble. Yeah. And it's that's why we initiated and that's how we met in a more of a collaborative environment, you know, and we developed that strategic strength session where I believe that we, if we will believe together and having the same mindset, doing the business together it will be much more easier. And when you will be more educated, and you will become my advocate. And that's what I say. Let's become, create an evangelist for you. When I say that evangelist concept, I believe that I, if the day you start telling me that I'm good at my job, that's where I achieve the ultimate vision and goal. If I'm self-acclaimed author, I'm self-acclaimed marketer, you know, it doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I, I want others to talk about it. And that's where you can do only when you are building that kind of a strategic, strategic trustworthiness, you know, together to do the, this business. And we also we, talk. You have to have respect for each other. And that's that's the only way it'll work is when you respect each other. Yeah, for sure. And when, when we started talking about this whole intention-based marketing, intention-based business development and achieving the growth, you were like very much into it, like straight away. You understood that, you know, what I'm talking about. Um, and we, we have been working on even other customers we have worked in. We build the intention. And when you are driving the t- traffic, if your audience is coming with the right intention to you, they they will stay longer than actually you are bringing the wrong people in the wrong place, you know. So in that sense, I would like to ask, how have been your whole R fusion growth uh, with this whole model you have created? I know you are going overseas. You're coming to Australia for sure. India, Middle East, UK is already established. You are also traveling to Europe. So how this growth aspect you are bringing your, with your intended maturation model? I have no idea. No, no, seriously. Um, uh, I think I think what happened is, and I, I'm going to share. Ian Hunt is my direct business partner. We we're, we're partners in business. We're a private company. Um, Ian is um, just about forty eight. 
Um, and I'm the old fart, as I put it, if I may use that terminology. I'm 72 years of age, and I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Uh, I'm passionate about what I do, but what happens here is both Ian and I have got this incredible ability mm. to communicate sincerely. Mm -hmm. uh, we laugh and joke. We call each other names, but I won't repeat here on a regular basis. Right. Uh, he's six hours uh, ahead of me in Britain, uh, but I tell him he's not ahead of me in technology. I always say that. But <laughs> what, what we did is we've looked at everything we've done in life. Yes. And we've realized how we have um, assembled this great information and improved upon it as we move through life. Right. It worked back then, but will it work today? Yeah. So what we did regarding all of our technology, we knew business-wise um, many years ago that security was always going to be an issue. So we believed in uh, being have the ability to do access control of any door, people coming in and out and what have you, looking at vehicles, license plate recognition, all that good stuff. But we also had to have a camera system that would work for us. So we had to know and have the knowledge mm. of who we could work with. We don't personally produce cameras, mm. but we have two major companies that we've worked with for 20 odd years mm. that they know us and we know them. Okay. So we have this respect for each other that I was saying earlier, we, we understand each other and trust, mm. and we can discuss. Yeah. And then when we looked at how we needed to change software wise about what's going on in front of the camera is important. But then it comes back to one other that I've not even mentioned is that in Europe for eight years, we have been doing what we call rural internet and mobile phone. There are cities in Austria and Germany that are so remote, they don't get cable TV because right. it's too expensive and they, their phone service is terrible. Yeah. So we've got a thing called our mesh mm -hmm. um, and, and our mesh is a method of being able to transmit through nodes. Nothing's going to be dug up. It's put on poles and what have you. And it also works for emergency management when there's no communications at all. We can bring that communications in. Right. Now, you're the first to know this. We are working with Verizon, who are the largest organization here in the United States for mobile phones. Wow. And both Verizon and AT&T, they're, they're competitors. Yeah. Um, they deal with emergency management. Now, Verizon has worked out that with what they're doing now, we can take with our RMesh system to a whole new level that mm. they never knew existed. And I've, we've got a meeting next Monday and you talk about enthusiasm from their side and our side, it's going to be one heck of a good technical meeting yeah. uh, and, and to go to the next step. So we're solving problems. So everything we do, we know we can solve a problem. That's our passion is right. solving the problems. Right. So the solar, um, and again, through folks that I've met through yourself um, and, and Ian, of course, we, we've done some great seminars and symposiums. We know, for instance, uh, let's take India. Yeah. There are over 300,000 villages that get mere, no electricity at all, or it's on for a few hours a day. Yeah. The other factor is they've got to drink water. Yeah. Now, what we're able to do, and earlier I said technology and power at the point of need, we can do a filtration system with solar panels mm -hmm. being the power. We can do it small because we did it for the military and it's proven yeah. uh, for 10 years. Or yeah. we can build big, big desalination plants yeah. and make sure everybody is getting now water. Mm -hmm. 
yesterday I got a message from um, a gentleman that we deal with uh, who's uh, in Saudi, uh, sorry, in, yeah, in Saudi. Yeah. And he's talking tomorrow with a company out of Lebanon. Now, Lebanon is a country, their government has collapsed. Right. So you've got towns and villages that have got no electricity or very little. So they now want to look at how we can help Lebanon and their okay. cities to build up and give them, th th they need power. You can't do anything without power. Look, yeah. look what happens when cable TV goes out. You vent, you call up the cable company, you go nuts, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Imagine what these people, they've got no power. Yeah. Now, I will say this, in India, uh, uh, somebody in a village, there, the way they live uh, is a little different. They don't have microwaves, they don't have um large refrigerators or freezers yeah. and they love to cook outside yeah and they love to cook on the fire and i tell you what that yeah. food with that smoke is incredible yeah. but so yeah. we know it's a different format but believe you me seeing a young lady as we produced a video the other day of cupping her hands in a stream and drinking that water's not good no. that's that's got impurities and and also you saw the kids pumping water well, we now can stop all of that. And we can also help the mothers mm. uh, and, and the women that go with their buckets to fill up water because it's not normally right by the village. And there is a threat. There is violence. There is domestic violence. There's rape. There's everything that happens. And it's diabolical. We yeah. can cut yeah. all that down and centralize. Mm. What does that do for me? Gets me right here. Yeah. Because we're making a difference. Yeah. And, and so... We've put everything we know together and we believe that no matter what we look at, especially technology wise, we know how to move it forward and we can advise people how to do that and join us. Right. And that's uh, that's the main difference. Philanthropy work is not just when you are donating and doing the charity. It's also how you are bringing the value through your business and what difference you are making by doing your just right service. You know, all you need to think how you are going to do a right thing through your service, if it contributes to the society. And that's where business should, all businesses should think, you know, not giving just a money, not giving their time, volunteer. I mean, of course that matters, but at the same time, if you're doing your service right, it will make a lot of difference in the society. It, it, it does, and, uh, and I can say this, that in Australia, uh, you've got a lot of uh, Indians uh, that live there who are connected to home. And there's a lot of corporations in Australia that would like to help uh, and, and from a charitable point of view. But yeah, we can talk about the charity, but also that company can take advantage of tax laws. Yeah. Uh, so the money would have been spent with the tax man, but now it's being spent elsewhere and they, they, they get the dividend for it. That's yeah. great. Yeah. In other words, if the law's there to benefit, let's move that money. Let, let's redistribute, uh, redistribute that money somewhere else yeah. and make a positive move. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. 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 Very interesting. So, and that's, uh, it being been very interesting. So where we see, what's your vision for the R fusion and to close this whole communication, I would like to hear what's your vision and where you want to see a whole R fusion concept in the next five to 10 years? Oh, 10 years, I won't be here. Um, no, 10 years, no, no, no. I hope to God, I hope to God I am, seriously. That There's there's the guy that can turn the light switch, okay? Um, our, our vision is to continue in the realm and, and solidify everything we've got. Uh, and we know that there are other new technologies coming along. So we want to be able to 
recognize those technologies. But our vision is a global one because I can build, uh, for instance, a solar plant in India, in Saudi, in Dubai. I can build them anywhere and we can produce those panels, which in turn, not only do we make profit, but we help the local labor. We hire locally and it becomes a local made in India product and made in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Um, I can assure you that we've been asked, can we be an in-kingdom country, oh, right. sorry, an in-kingdom company yeah. and, and assemble there? Yes, we can. We, we don't care. I don't care if it's got the R-Fusion name on it at all. I don't care if it's my product, if it's not mine, but if it's our corporate product and it's helping people, I don't care. As long as profitability is there, we have goals on profit and we want to we reinvest so much money into our technology for furthering our company. So our vision, I love the thing about India and bringing water and electricity. I love the phone call about Lebanon. I love that uh, Dubai or United Arab Emirates, uh, Sheikh uh, Maktoum has turned around and says, look, I want every house to have solar. He yeah. recognizes that oil won't go on forever. And we've got to make that change. Um, I, 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 I respect the man. I respect the culture and the ideology of all countries. Um, I don't care Muslim. I don't care Hindu. I don't care Catholic, Christian, Mormon, whatever you want to go for. We're all people. So our company, our vision is to assist more people, but also to enable others to work in that industry, to pass that on. And whatever we're doing right, we can pass that on. We can have those conversations. We can say that it takes time, money, and effort. Mm. And, and it is certainly young people today, if you've got an idea in technology and engineering, use your parents' garage. You know, in other words, do something. Get, it, get your, your neighborhood kids together and yeah. do something positive. Yeah. And that is the difference, but it's educating people. That's that's where our vision is. And we along the way, we're going to have some fun. Yeah. And I'm sure I have heard that you're also going South Africa and recently. And I'm sure this is going to be a big game changer for the people, for us, for the corporate and uh, looking forward to it. We are. We have the youth program coming up to educate. Uh, coming to your education aspect, the youth seminar is coming in November. So watch this space. Thank you so much for joining in today. I really appreciate your time and you know your insight and information. I hope this will be very useful for the audience. Thank you for joining in today. Thank you so much, indeed, Priya. Thank you. Thank you.